There we go. We are back again for another brand new episode of Friday Night Counter-Attack. It's myself, Hams, as always. I'm looking forward to getting back with my coaching colleagues again from university, James, Dan and Harry. We're back again. And we're back for another conversation which sparks another debate. And it's a, de- a debate that we'd normally be having around April, May time in terms of the World Cup. The World Cup would normally be around June, July. But for the first time in a long time, maybe for the first time ever, it's actually in November and December. So I'm really looking forward to speaking to everyone here today on their early predictions for the England squad in November and December 2022. James, Dan and Harry, how are you all doing today? You guys okay? Good, thank you. Brilliant. All good, all good. Let's, let's not beat around the bush. Let's get straight into this one as well. We're going to start from the back going forward. So we've got 23 players to play with, 23 players to yep. pick. We're going to do it in a bit of a structure. So the structure is going to be three goalkeepers, eight defenders. Then we're going to say, what should we say? Should we say six midfielders and then six attackers? Spread it across. Yeah, it seems fair, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Because we can always pick as many right-backs as Gareth Southgate, but there's only a certain amount of players we can pick in the squad as well, which will be good fun. Dan, I'm going to start with you. We'll start with you. Um, We'll go for... One goalkeeper, one defender, one midfielder, um, and one attacker from yourself, Dan. So if you want to start us off with that, and why? And I'll be keeping notes, so don't worry. We're not going to be picking the two people twice or anything like that. So I'm going to go Pickford as my number one. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that one you can debate, and I think, like I say, it's a bit before the World Cup, so I think it's going to come down to whoever starts the season better yep. uh, next year. Uh, my one defender, I'm trying to pick one of these out. I think currently you've got to be looking at Stones. Yep. I'm going to put the first one down. It's got to be Stones. He's the first defender you're taking. Uh, the first midfielder I'd take would be Bellingham. Ooh. And Harry Kane, obviously, is my attacker. Harry Kane. Brilliant. So you can kind of see how we're doing it in kind of a draft system as well. So all the obvious ones are kind of out the bat, which is really good. Harry, talk to us about your next four picks. So if you've got the pick of goalkeeper, yeah. defender, midfielder and attacker, who would they be? And... Oh, goalkeeper. I'm sure one of you will say the other obvious one from number two. Um, so I'm going to go... Throwing out there, I'm going to go with the England under 21 goalkeeper, Joseph Bursic. Purely purely because what's the point in taking a Nick Pope or a Dean Henderson? What are they going to gain out of it? Might as well give a young lad some opportunity, not opportunity, just some experience of being around a squad in the World Cup. Mm -hmm. I think that would be the smart choice. That's what I'd do anyway. What's Sam Johnston going to get going out in the World Cup? Another I mean, one of just going abroad, like Ben Foster's done yeah, before, exactly. Fraser you might as well done send, before as well. You might as well send one of the kids to just get that experience. Personally, um, the way I've always heard it from different goalkeepers, from the third choice keepers, and I think Ben Foster said it on his podcast as well, it's the fact that they have such a good camaraderie with each other, the goalkeepers. Yeah. So they are good friends and they do challenge each other to be better than the next day. And it works really well. A good example is that Manchester City with Scott Carson being there and being a really mm. good friend to Edison as well, being the best of friends and challenging each other and using their vital experience as well so if for example Jordan Pickford wants to lean on the likes of Fraser Forster or Nick Pope or Sam Johnson for advice 
instead of asking yeah. a younger player like a Burstick, for example, um, or even a Ramsdale, if it would be Ramsdale as a, as a third choice like James picks, you do have an experienced head and a wise head to do, to be like, how do I maintain my, my balance or my posture in this area? Or how can I be oh, better at this thing as well? And if it's someone with a different shape as well, like Burstick, it could be an option because he's a, he's a monster, isn't he, compared to Jordan Pickford? Yeah. It was crazy, but... Um, I like and that then my, my defender, I'm going to draw out for Kyle Tamori. Oh, I love this guy. I really do love this, this guy, um, Tamori. I like to say... I, well, I don't know a lot about Italian football, but I do watch on a Sunday night religiously. Every Sunday night, I'll be watching um, the Italian league and I've come to really, really enjoy it. And he has just stood out. He's been brilliant. And AC Milan have this season, the way they play football, I've loved to watch. Um, and Tamori is, you know, a really key part of that that squad. And I think out of other defenders, I think he's I think he's definitely earned his chance. Definitely. If you can defend in Italy, you're obviously a good defender. Does Tamori make the first choice um team for you? No. I think it depends what shape you play. Yeah. If he, yeah, I, agree, I, I don't think he does. With the, the, if Southgate goes for a five, I still don't think he gets in that back three defenders. No, neither do I. Center back. I think he's a good, good backup. He's only young as well. Then my midfielder, I will go with... Who did you say, Dan? Bellingham. Bellingham. All right. Okay, so I'll go with Declan Rice. I mean, he's pretty, ex- pretty explanatory. Perfect. One of the best midfielders in the Premier League currently. Um, spearheading West Ham's Premier League uh, top four, top six chances, and obviously captain them to a Europa League semi final. I weren't a fan of how he conducted himself after the game. If you've seen the videos, um, ref was being paid, mate. Ref was being paid. Yeah, I weren't a fan of that. If you're the captain, take it on the chin and move on. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think definitely, I don't think there's a better midfield option to add than Declan Rice. And then one of my attackers, I will go with Raheem Sterling. I think, again, self-explanatory, I think, for England, especially in the Euros last year. He didn't have the best of the season at City, but then in the Euros, absolutely, was arguably our best player. I've been called upon him whenever, getting the important goals. Especially in the and, group stages as well, when yeah, everyone else is still stages. faltering and getting used to the tournament. Sterling stood up and got it sorted. Yeah, definitely. I think, um, yeah, I think he's pretty self-explanatory. Brilliant. Nicely done there, Harry. Go on, James. You can finish off the last goalkeeper, one defender, one midfielder, and one attacker for us, please. Um, so, obviously, Harry nicely set me up there because uh, the argument between, I'd say, Ramsdale and Pickford will be a, a heated one come December, uh, November time, sorry. What are your thoughts so far um, on that, James? Who would you go for as first? I would pick Ramsdale nine Ooh. times. I love Pickford to death. He's mm. proper England through and through. He loves his country. He always performs on the big occasions for England. And it's one of those that you can't take away from him. So I think Southgate will start with Pickford. But in my opinion, Rams, but Ramsdale has been fantastic. And I think he suits the style that Southgate maybe wants to implement a little bit more at England. I think he's better with the ball at his feet. I mean, he's a better distributor of the ball in my eyes. Yeah. Especially under Arteta, I think he'll be able to fit in an England system that wants to really make ball retention more of an importance in its game. Um, yeah. Pickford, 
in all fairness to him, I think his distribution is really good. I just don't think he does it enough at Everton. Yeah, I think the regime is that. When I'm honest, um, watch England a few times. You know, you watch the keepers warming up, and uh, Ramsdale, they, they could both have twenty footballs each, and they'll pick your long passes off both feet, short passes. I think. A lot of it comes down to the fact. See, Pickford's never really been caught out for England as he's playing out from the back, and I think a lot of it, Arsenal play that way, and Everton don't, and I think that might, I think that might go against him. Mm. Yeah, I think normally from what I've seen, because I've watched quite a lot of Everton under Lampard, because really want them to go down. Um, <laughs> but um, every time Pickford gets the ball for me for Everton, he just he, he just lumps it forward. And I don't know if you can say that's good distribute. He can kick it far, he can kick it long. But nine times out of ten, he gets the ball and just lumps it forward. And to be fair, it does end up in normally in the 18-yard box and it allows Everton to push up. But I think, yeah, I think Ramsdale's the safer choice. I think that's more of a... That's how Everton has to play. Yeah. Pickford could play. Yeah. When you've got Rondon or uh, Calvert-Lewin up front as well, Richarlison, who are expected to take the ball on the chest or on the half turn as well whilst receiving it in the air as well. That is their route one type of distribution from the back that we've seen pretty well. And it works really well with Jordan Pickford because, again, it's kind of like just practising different techniques for his England games. And just as James said as well, he is a proper England keeper. Like, you don't really know him as the Everton keeper. You know him as the England keeper, like you were David Seaman or David James once upon a time as well. Because when he retires, you'll know him as, as the England keeper at that time in 2018 and yeah. 2020. Let's definitely. Like, whoever starts in goal, you're not going to be disappointed, are you? Between no. really, you're splitting no. But I think with Pickford, his, his biggest argument is you speak about like goalkeepers' union and the way they all impact each other. I think mm. Pickford has a massive influence on the England side and that that defence, which at the Euros really brought us through difficult periods. I think we only conceded one goal. No, we didn't concede a, a goal from no. I can't remember if we conceded a goal from... It was something like one or none. It was, yeah. No, we, did, we didn't concede Denmark in the group stages. In the group stages. Oh, yeah, that was it. But we conceded the free kick. There wasn't a single open play goal that we conceded. Until the final. Side, which, until the final. Well, no, because it was an Italy corner. Still, yeah. Yeah, the second ricochet or something. But, you know, I get what you mean. Yeah, it's literally funny. one of those things that it wasn't just like a shot on goal. Yeah. Uh, I think he has a massive impact on not only you know his defence but the entire team because he brings that that kind of influence to everybody and he's so passionate and he, he kind of instills that within everybody but Ram, Ram, yeah it is but Ramsdale again at Arsenal with seeing him you know taunting crowds and things like that and really celebrate I think he's just as passionate as Pickford yeah. I think he could do just as well mm. um, in, 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 in net for England so Ramsdale would be my choice Person. I'm really, I'm really pleased with how Ramsdale's developed from being that that keeper at Bournemouth to being the one at Sheffield United that both got relegated to being a top keeper for England and for Arsenal as well, and really taking out a, a keeper of quality like Burn Leno from the first team to being an established yeah. goalkeeper at, at Arsenal, which is really well brilliant, Anna, and for Arteta really well, definitely is. Go on, James. Who have you got as your first defender for your list? Um, so Harry picked Tamari, Dan picked Stones, Stones. So, um, Tamari's not on my list. He wasn't there. I don't think Oof. we've got room for him, personally. Okay. Um, I'll throw in what I think could be his, 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 his change. Mm. He's Ben White. Ben White? That's 
is that's ah, it was between Ben White and Tamari to me, yeah. but I chose Tamari. Why, why Ben White, James? Why Ben White? Um, I just think again he fits England's way of wanting to play. And I think if he plays in a back three on maybe the right side of Maguire or wherever, I just think his distribution of the ball, we've seen it at Leeds under Bielsa. He played in midfield under Bielsa. He's that good on the ball. He's so composed. And I think in terms of England want to play out from the back, if they want to play a five at the back system, he's the guy who's going to break the lines for you along with John Stones. He's going to be the one that breaks that early line of pressure that you might face in these World Cup tournaments. Um, So for me... He might not start, but I think Ben White gets in that team at this moment of speaking over Maguire every day of the week. Ooh, I think that's a good shout, that is. Because for me know. personally, when you see a, a right-footed centre-back, it's normally Carl Walker for England, isn't it? That's, yeah. that's what he's done well, at the guys' pocket, which has been good. Sorry, Dan, you were going to say? I think I'd have him over I'd have him over Tamori, I think. Why like, is that? For, for the reason James has just said. Okay. Playing in a team at the minute that looks to break lines and looks to play into midfield. And I think Tamori, although I haven't watched much Aroma, to be quite honest, it's just going AC off. AC Milan. AC Milan. Oh, Dan, come oh, on. Dan, you uncultured. Rookie <laughs> error. Rookie <laughs> error there, Dan. Come on. Yeah, no, I've not, I've not watched much of Italian football, as you can probably tell. <laughs> but just off what I've seen of why, I think, yeah, I'll, I'll back you, James, there. For the record, I'd back Harry on this. I'd rather back tomorrow. I'm, I'm just thinking with, with international football, especially tournaments, I just feel tomorrow is more defensively solid than Ben White and you've got to come under the cosh in tournaments. You're going to need to concede as, as, as less goals as possible. I'm, just, I just, I'm not saying Ben White's a bad player. I think he's good. Mm. But I I'd, I'd just feel more safer with tomorrow at the back. I don't think either of them will play, but it's either or really. Yeah, it's just the backup, yeah. isn't it? But I, I personally think Tomori is a fantastic centre-back. I like his leadership yeah. style. He's had at AC Milan in this new team as well. He has that leadership quality that Gareth Southgate does love with the likes of Connor Cody, Tyrone Mings, Harry Maguire, all being at centre-back as well, being captains of their respective clubs as well. Personally, I'd go for Fakura Tomori over even the likes of Connor Cody, for example. That's just my yeah. opinion. But I know the England players and the England staff love Connor Cody for who he is. But um, no, I, I like that little one, Ben White or Tomori. James, who have you got in your midfield? Who are you picking into um, your midfield? So we've had Beng- Bellingham and Rice both down for me. I will go for Phil Foden if we're classing him as a midfielder. Yeah, yeah. I've got him either as a midfielder or attacker, but I think he's one either I think he can play out wide for England. I think he can play in that more advanced midfield role. I think he's probably one of England's most versatile and important players that will take to that tournament. Could you yeah. see him playing as a false nine? England? Never, because we have Kane. If Kane was injured for one of the games? If Kane was injured, I've got a brilliant striker that I think will back him up and I think Harry will so back have I. Up as well. I, um, I think I know what you're thinking of. We've all got the same one. So I, I just think England have such a wealth of good, solid number nines right now. I mean, just other ones I could think of, like even Ollie Watkins. Yeah. Is I he your choice for attacker? He's not, no, he's not going. But I'm just saying, I think we have such a good depth in that area that we'd never really yeah. need to employ a false nine. Okay. It is It is a fantastic shot. And it's, again, that versatility that England have got in this upcoming tournament. Uh, there's that much depth in, within the England squad that you've not got to do what we used to do with Scholes and Gerrard and try and shoot them out wide, yeah. I think you've got enough depth now. You can play any formation and you can have players in their primary position. So you can have them... You can have Foden competing in midfield with 
dip like well, we're not, we're not mentioning the players yet, but you can have him in there. Um, you don't need him to play wide because you've got quality in those areas. Whereas England teams have before, you'd have to think, well, can they play four or five different positions? And because we've not really got the quality, uh, but yeah. I think quality all over now. Mm. Yeah, is that now the FA? <laughs> It is. Yeah, exactly. I think it's one of the good things that they've they've managed to actually bring through. As much as we slate them, I think the the way they've gone about the four corner model and actually bringing up English youth is it has been revolutionary for us. I was all for the DNA, mate, and the FA four corner stuff. Just how they've conducted themselves in the last couple of years has been shambolic. But yeah, move on. (laughs) We can go all day about that as well. Just crazy. Oh, we have done before. James, who's your attacker? Who's your first choice attacker for this list? So I leave I leave the one that I think we're all thinking of to Harry because he's a big advocate for the the, the league itself. Mm. Um, I will go for a controversial one. He's been probably appalling this season, but I can't leave Jaden Sancho out of my squad. Okay, uh, for I've me, gone with Sancho as well. I think we have a wealth of talent again, but in terms of genuinely quality, quality players, Sancho really does it that. That high mark, and I think he should have maybe had a few more chances at the Euros. Yeah, um, he only it. started that Ukraine game, didn't he? Yeah, the rest yeah, of like solid appearances. Even there, I think he was brilliant in that Ukraine game for us. And anytime he came off the bench, just like Jack Grealish, I think he made a really big impact. Yeah, um, and that was one of the reasons we went far. I think we had again such depth, and we could bring on real quality from the bench. Um, but Sancho, for me, yeah, he's had a poor season. Hopefully, he gets a good start under Ten Hag come September. Um, kicks into a bit of form and we can have a really, really good Jaden Sancho for the uh, the World Cup start. And it'll be a Jaden Sancho under Eric Ten Hag, which, as we've seen with the likes of Anthony, with the likes of Tadic uh, as well, previously yeah. with David Neres at Ajax as well. Eric Ten Hag does like his wingers. He does like his versatility in his wingers as well and the freedom that he gives them, which is great, whilst also having discipline tracking back. So Jaden Sancho is added to the list. Nicely done. Right, that was my turn. I don't get to pick a keeper because we've picked the three keepers already. So, defensive-wise, I'm going to go for the blatantly obvious Carl Walker because I think Carl Walker has been Gareth Southgate's main man. Besides Harry Kane and Raheem Sterling and um, John Stones and Harry Maguire, Carl Walker has been literally just Mr. Dependable, Mr. Reliable in every tournament, in every game that Gareth Southgate does. And Pep Guardiola appreciates him a lot more um, than a lot of people do as well because he's always banged on about how amazing he is. And I think, I don't want to be that guy, but because we've got so many amazing right-backs, I still like Kyle Walker for being a right-back, not just a right-centre-back uh, right on, on a free, but he does have that opportunity to burst forward to cross the ball as well. And that's why I know you, you mentioned Ben White as the uh, back free right-back, maybe as a backup even. But in that first goal against Italy, he was the one making that uh, inward run after Trippier was running on the outside as well to divert yeah. the defender away and the midfielder away as well. And that's something I don't think you can really replicate with a normal centre-back. Having another full-back on that side worked really well for us if we were to play a back five as well. But Carl Walker makes the list for me. Um, midfield, uh, I think we've got a couple of obvious ones that we still need to pick as well. So I'm going to go for Calvin Phillips. I really love Calvin Phillips. I really love how, I really love how Gareth Southgate appreciated him um, when he was a championship player, not just when he was a, a player in the Premier League as well because he worked his socks off under Marcelo Bielsa and he would be working like a Gennaro Gattuso type of player as well, just everywhere, just running the pitch, running the midfield as well. And I really appreciate him at the Euros. And a lot of people, 
who never knew about Carvin Phillips as a normal England fan every now and then, a casual England fan, knew about him at the end of the tournament. Not just because of his character and his mannerism as a player, but as a person as well. It seems like a yeah. down-to-earth, humble guy. And you need that in this England team. And that's what Gareth Southgate really appreciates. He re- appreciates the men more than the egos that we used to have once upon a time in like the 2006 and 2010 type squads and stuff like that as well. Yeah. So really looking forward to seeing how Calvin Phillips um, recovers and if he is going to be a Leeds player at this time of speaking as well. If he is going to leave Leeds, if Leeds do go down, if they do stay, is he still going to stay there as well? Because he has had some interest from other clubs as well, which would be good to see him going forward as well. Right. My choice for attacker, uh, I feel like that's a really good front three so far as well. Sterling, Sancho and Harry Kane. It's a really good one to kind of go for as well. But I can't... I've got a, I've got a couple in mind, but I'm going to throw in Bukayo Saka. I think Bukayo yeah. Saka is someone who... I said it recently on one of our podcasts. He's become a man in the space of eight, nine months because of what he's had to endure from his own, his own um, fans, from rival fans, from missing that penalty to being the main man at Arsenal now as well. Like we said previously on another episode as well, Aubameyang ended up leaving because he got too big for his boots and Arteta got rid of him. Bukayo Saka has become the main man at Arsenal and he's done really well. And he was really important for their resurgence this season from being a mid-table team to being in that top four contention as well. And at the time of speaking, we don't know who's going to be in the top four as well. So when this podcast comes out in the summer, we'll know if they're in the Champions League for next season or not as well. But Man United have got in it. Man United aren't doing anything, Harry. They're I think it's anything. mathematically impossible, if I'm <laughs> it's, honest. It's so impossible for that to happen as well. It's going to be embarrassing to see how Man United will be in the, in the years to come as well. But no, I'm looking forward to how Man United are going to do under Eric Ten Hag, but embarrassing, embarrassment of riches, but... Bukayo Saka is someone who I've really appreciated because of his versatility as well. But I really like seeing him as the first choice right winger against the likes of um, slower opposition as well, like who we have in our group stages at the same time. It's going to be really fun to see him start a lot of the games. And I think Gareth Southgate trusts him as well. So I do think he may start a lot more ahead of Sancho, maybe Sterling on the left as well. But realistically speaking, Bukayo Saka makes it into my um, team as well, which is good fun. Agreed. Mm-hmm. Agreed, right. agreed, agreed. Harry, we're going to go for you because we've got okay. three goalkeepers, we've got four defenders, four midfielders. Who's the four? four? I've got some. Some who have we got rolled down? Oh, to, I'll, I'll read them all out. Pickford, Burstich, Ramsdale as goalkeepers. We've got Stones, yeah. Tomori, Ben White, and Walker. We've got oh, Pennell, yeah. Rice, Foden, and Calvin Phillips, and we've got Kane, Sterling, Sancho, and Saka. So now we're just going to go through um, yeah. the defenders, attackers, and strikers as well. Defenders, I am going with Harry Maguire. Um, I know he hasn't had the best of season at United. Mm. Um, I mean, that's obvious to see, but he never puts a foot around for England. Um, Same as Pickford, he hasn't had the best season with Everton. Doesn't put a foot around with England. I mean, if you remember, I think, did he get voted best defender at the Euros last year? Yeah. It was either him or Benucci or something, but when he came into the Euros last year, he was. Honestly, sensational. Mm. Um, I don't think... I am an advocate of basing the England team off form. Yeah. But I do think Harry Maguire is a better centre-half than... Quite, he's up there with the others, so I'd, I just think he should be in the England team as much as he's had a bad season. But if that form continues into next season, you never know if Ten Hag doesn't play him. I mean, I think he's... he's, he's his place is gone. But yeah, yeah 
I think um, I think it's a no-brainer. My Fantastic. other midfielder, I will go with Mason Mount. Mr. Dependable. I think yeah. he's a stunning footballer. Um, I think he's brilliant. I love watching him. I think I he think can... he was quite poor in the final of the Euros as well. He didn't get the, yeah. the criticism he deserved personally because I thought he went missing in that big he, game. Well, he got he got ruled out, didn't he? For, was it the semi-final and the quarter-finals through COVID? Semi-finals, he came... No, quarter-finals, he came back against Ukraine after... Oh, was it? On the bench. Yeah. Semi-final, he played. And then quarter-final, uh, he yeah. started as well. I, I, I just think he, he's everything you want in a midfielder. He, he'll trap back. He'll get forward. When he gets forward, he can create. He can score goals. And most importantly, he works really, really hard. Does he start so, for you, Mason Mount? Mason Mount does start for me. Brilliant. Nice. Mason know. Mount does start for me. And then my other striker, I'll get it out of the way. Um, I'm, yeah, I'm going with Tammy Abraham. Fantastic. You know what? Before before this season, I wasn't the biggest fan of Tammy Abraham. I, I kind of thought it was a bit overhyped. Really? Um, yeah. I mean, he did all right in Chelsea with uh, with Lampard. I, I really, I really first Lampard. noticed him at Aston Villa personally. So when I watched him at Aston Villa in that loan season, yeah. I thought he was fantastic but, and I knew he had the qualities in him. I always thought he's, he's too, what's the word? He's too gangly. Do you know what I mean? He's too... That happens with young strikers though, isn't it? They're, they're raw. Yeah. They're still filling into their body. And yeah, all he's too... I just don't think but, he was reliable enough but I do think... Not coordinated, Harry. <laughs> yeah, not coordinated. Not and coordinated. Not, not gangly. gangly. But, um, yeah, he's just a bit... Now, obviously, coming under Mourinho... He's going to learn stuff from being under Mourinho and in Italy he's tearing it apart and in Europe he's tearing it apart so I think he's a no-brainer. I think if you look at the backup options we've got for striker Ollie Watkins he just said that uh, yeah. He, yeah you know what I mean my reaction says it all um, who else Dominic Calvert-Lewin I quite like him but I no not the um, season for him. It's been so yeah, not well. the season for him. I just think Tammy Abraham's a bit a step above him. Mm. If, you know, I think it would have been perfect opportunity for Mason Greenwood, but obviously with the stuff that's gone on with him, he won't be looking at all. We don't so, mention him on the podcast at all. He's, all right, he's, apologies. He's not, he's, not suitable. he's not suitable for our audience right now. Well, actually, I, apologize. Yeah, yeah. He's just, I mentioned him last time, so it's fine. But no, it's my bad. Yeah. But my, Mason Greenwood is just someone who... Honestly, he had the world at his feet, didn't he? He could have been yeah. that second striker for England for years to come as well. Could have been a right winger, left foot winger, first striker as 100%. well. So it happens when you believe yeah. you're in hype and you get too yeah. power-hungry power as well, which is really sad to see because it was only in, what, December when he scored that overhead kick against young boys and it was a really good time for him as well, getting into this new Ralph Ragnick side as well. And then it all just kind of fell apart for him, really. And it's really yeah. kind of sad how your life switches because of silly mistakes and silly decisions you make as well, which, which is crazy. Yeah. Really so, yeah, that's my reasoning for Sammy Abraham. Fantastic. I'm pretty sure Dan and James agreed with that as well, right? Yeah. Yeah, fantastic. So we've got five attackers, we've got five midfielders, five defenders. So we've got 18 players in the team as well. So, Dan, let me hear your next three because I want to hear... Uh, if you have anyone at left back because we've got loads of right footed players but have you got a, a first choice left back for us Dan by any chance I am toying with my left back one I think it's got to be Chilwell okay it's got yeah. to be, but 
I am a massive fan of Trippier and what he's done for England. I just think oh, I've gone for Trippier at left back. No, 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 no. It's got it's got to be Chilwell. Let's be right, it's got to be Chilwell. But I just think what Trippier has done for England in the last couple of tournaments, it's been massively underlooked. Okay. He's a mainstay for Simeone um, at Atletico, which says it all about his defensive capability. Calm, composed. He's a leader as well. Proper leader. And I think amongst England's squad, when I can't, I can't it, when the proverbial hits the fan, it's those sort of players that you look across to in it and you need that bit of assuredness. Um, I just don't think he's going to get in the squad this time round. I, I don't, I can't see it. So I'm going to say Chilwell, um, but I was torn. I'm going to go Chilwell. Um, I'm going to go Henderson. Ooh, yeah. Going Jordan Henderson in, in the English club. I'll put Henderson in as well. Again. But he's, he's barely been playing this season and he's, he was a bit part player for England last summer as well. Why is Henderson in the squad? Mostly because of experience and value and stuff like that? Big game experience. Um, this will be his last tournament, I, I think. Mm. Yeah. I think this will be his last one. But I think big game experience. He's been there. He's been through it with us. Yeah. Again, that often gets, when people make these squads... And you see it on Instagram and things like that. It often gets overlooked by stats. And I think the impact influence he has around the squad and how he does things and he sets standards. Yeah. That's England's vice captain, isn't it? I yeah. think he's a no-brainer. I don't, I don't um, know if he's for the tournament. He might change that maybe if he's not playing. But I think he'll definitely be in the squad. It's just more that conversation I mentioned earlier about the leaders that Southgate has in his squad, the likes of like, yeah. Mings, Cody, Henderson, Maguire, Kane, Pickford even as well. All of them have kind of had that leadership experience as well and worn the captain's armband at their clubs respectively as well. Calvin Phillips as well, once upon a time for Leeds. Declan Rice obviously now with West Ham. I mean, with Henderson, I'm pretty sure it was against Ukraine last year when he scored. Yeah. You could just see the team were just so happy for it. And that just shows how much of a leader he is. I mean, he hasn't played, but he did play a massive part in it behind the scenes, I think. Mm. I think it's a no-brainer. I like when he came on against Germany in that game as well. Yeah. Then he just settled the ship a bit more as well. He steadied the ship a bit more and Sterling made that mistake and I think it was Walker that ran over to him um, and then Henderson was like, no, keep your head up, let's carry on. Yeah. You go again and they end up scoring a second goal, which was great for England. Nice and Foden into it, but I think if you've got if if you want to look and you need to see the game out or you just need that bit of experience, yeah. Steadies everything. Fantastic. And who's your attacker? We've got one more attacker we can pick. Uh James is gonna be jumping for joy. Yeah. <laughs> but I think this lad's only gonna get better with playing under Pep. Um started to see a bit more of him this year. Uh, but I think Jack Grealish has got to be in there. Yeah. Just he is only going to get better um, between now and, and November. Um, yeah, pretty self-explanatory. I just think with Grealish as well, he's already. I haven't seen a player in recent times who drags defenders out so much as him. Mm. He can drag three defenders out, win a foul, or create space for someone else. That's what I really like about Grealish. I know he hasn't had the best season. He not had the best season at City, but. I do think he's a valuable asset to take. He is the best. He's, he's England's probably biggest asset in terms of how you mentioned he, he drags players in against Ukraine. Yeah. 
you know the clips you see of Messi and he's got four or five players around him. It was it was, it was the one against them. Who was it? Slovakia? The, the, no, Czech Republic. Sorry, Czech Republic. In Czech Republic. Republic. Yeah. That was when we were all claiming for him to start. He started, and he did it. He did really well. Yeah. He set up the first he's, goal as well, which is really he good. Got that cross in for Kane against uh, yeah. Germany. Germany as he's, well. He's more how he plays into our system. I think we've got so much speed as well, and. If Grealish yeah. can pull aside players to one side of the pitch, and we can, we've evidently got players who can switch a ball, mm. you know, to on a twenty piece. And so, I mean, if we can get Saka, Sancho down on a one v one after Grealish has dragged over a load of players, I think he could be really integral to how we are trying to attack um, mm. the World Cup. I, I had him down as a midfielder. I didn't have Calvin Phillips in my squad. Um, which is controversial because I love Calvin Phillips I think he's brilliant um, I think it'll be a battle between Henderson and Phillips for me I think that's what Southgate will um, look at that's next. okay but James we've got two more defenders to pick in our team we need a backup left back we need a backup right back but we've got spaces for Reese James uh, Trent Alexander-Arnold Luke Shaw Kieran Trippier but as you know four doesn't fit into two so yeah. how, how do we work this one out James? so I will go for the obvious first. Trent Alexander-Arnold, you can't leave him out. Yeah. Um, fantastic player, I think. With Dan's argument um, with Kieran Trippier, my only positive with Kieran Trippier is obviously his leadership and how fantastic he is with a group yeah. um, and his set pieces. I think Trippier's set pieces have carried us for ages. I was going to You know when you said about, uh, was it Harry who said about Grealish, he wins fouls? I think when you've got people like with the quality that we've got from yeah. South, and we we have been reliant well not reliant on but uh, yeah yeah say. we have been reliant on scoring goals from yeah, yeah, yeah. corners we have been on the south gate it's been a the world cup last year massive on set piece not last year the world cup the last one yeah massive on set pieces hmm. and it was down to trippier um but unfortunately alexander arnold missed the euros and i think trippier wouldn't have gone if oh no they were in the same squad weren't they yeah, I don't think... Weren't the rumours that Trent was going to get dropped from the provisional squad? It was, but then he got chosen, but he got injured in the, the warm-up yeah, yeah. uh, the Euros. So I think Trippier's on his way out because Trent can come in. I think he's just as much of a, of a good leader. I hate him at Liverpool, and I hate him at Liverpool because he's such a good leader. He's stubborn, he's nasty, he's a, he's a real workhorse of a player. I hate Who's him. stubborn and Trent. Trent. Mm. He's a nasty player. Let's be honest, as, as a United fan, Harry, if you see Trent win a tackle and you know, he squares up to somebody, you're not, you really don't like him, do you? But if you see him I do don't it like England, him for other reasons. But yeah, if you see him do it for England, I think it's a different, a different ball game and I think he's really good at that. Now, he can get into an opponent's head. This whole argument that he can't defend is silly as well. Um, I don't think it is. He wouldn't make it into a Liverpool squad if he couldn't defend. He's just... I, um, yeah. I, I don't know about that. I, that's for another day. I've never heard of his game over the last couple of years. He's gone from being that young, naive, attacking fullback. He has learnt that side of the game. Mm. And fair, I, I know I say, it, I, I say it in our group chat just to wind people up, to be quite honest, but I think that's the side of his, his game that he's learning. Yeah. I think if you're setting a team up to play against Liverpool, you'll set them up to attack down Trent's side. But I don't think that's because he can't defend. I think it's because he gets forward so much. 
I not not necessarily. I just I just think out of the two, I think he he's a weaker defender than Robertson. I'm not saying he's bad. I'm just yeah. saying. Yeah, I, I think to back on top, Trent goes because one, he's yeah, definitely absolutely amazing, and I really really want to see. I know as much as it's debated, an England back five but with Trent at right back and Kyle Walker as the right centre back. I don't think anybody's getting down that side. Yeah. At all. I think that's pace covered by pace, covered by talent, covered by talent. It's ridiculous. Um, Reese James, massive shout. He is in my squad, but he's obviously not in our combined one. But then I'd probably go for, and his name hasn't been mentioned. I want to see Connor Cody there. I think he gets there ahead of Tamori, um, in my opinion. If, if we're playing a three at the back, I think Conor Cody is really, really, really well suited to that. Mm. But normally, I love Conor Cody. I think he's great. But I just think if you're taking Tyrone Mings out, I think you take Conor Cody out as well. I think they're completely different. I, don't know, I, just, I, I just want Tamori in personal life. Yeah, but there, yeah, there's those suggestions I've thrown in. Yeah, I agree with it all, to be honest. There's areas all we've not spoke about, you know. There's so many. That's why, I, that's why I kind of saved myself to the end because there's so many great players that England haven't been able to pick. And because of the 26-man squad we had in 2021, the likes of, uh, for example, like Dominic Calvert-Lewin can't get a place in the squad. There'll be chances that people will miss out, like the likes of Jacob Ramsey not making the squad. One big one for me is Jared Bowen because Jared Bowen's done everything he possibly can do to get into this squad and no one's mentioned him once because of the lack of England opportunities he's had, the lack of uh, chances he's had in England squad as well, the lack of call-up selections as well. But I think Jared Bowen has done, I don't know what more he can actually do to get a call-up into this kind of team as well because he's he's been West Ham, he's done fantastic for England uh, at younger levels as well. I don't think he hit the under-21s as much but the younger levels I just just think with Bowen we're just so blessed in the attacking areas I just it's nothing to do with Bowen as a player I just think the six that'll go are just Mm. better players and the game winners and you know definitely for friendly squads throw him in and stuff but I just think we're talking about a world that we could win we want to win I just think the six that will go will be better I agree. And I think there's some awful arms are there. You've got Smith Rowe, we've not even spoke about him in midfield. No, that's that's literally why I was like, I'll save myself to the end because there's so many players. Smith Rowe, we haven't mentioned at all. Conor One Gallagher. Of them, Conor Gallagher. Gallagher, especially, we haven't spoken about. He's had a fantastic season at Crystal Palace. He was in mine. Mark Gay yeah. as well at Palace. Center yeah. Mark, brilliant yeah. centre-back. And he was in the last England squad at the same time, yeah. uh, Mark Gay as well, which is fantastic. But it's more so in terms of how can, like, is it more down to the chemistry of the players that we have already or do we start looking at um, bringing in some of these new players for the next couple of friendlies that we have as well? I think we have a couple of nation games as well before the World Cup at the same time. What would be the best I, kind of process for this? I think you try and keep the squad of the dynamics of the squad similar to the Euros hmm. and similar to the World Cup before because... Yeah they'll have that experience of that heartache in the semi-final and the final and ultimately I think that could be the deciding factor definitely definitely after because we've had two tournaments back to back essentially haven't we in the Euros and the World Cup but after that then we can start trying to not ship out players but breed like the 
Gwei and the Gallagher's and the Bowens, maybe. Because remember, we have six games before. We have, what, Hungary, Germany, Italy, Hungary again in the Nations League. Then we've got Italy, then we've got Germany as well in September. I ain't got a clue, I ain't got a clue when England play, if I'm honest. No, no, I, those are just the ones that we, I know about. But we've got all these kind of games to kind of build with. But do we build with maybe a brand new player coming into the fold? Maybe starting Conor Gallagher with the likes of Jude Bellingham or maybe going for a Mark Gehi next to Harry Maguire or something? Or do we keep it with the tried and trusted, the John Stones, the Walkers, the Maguire's at the back? Yeah. I, I kind of want to know your thoughts on that, James. In, in the build-up to it, I think England have always approached it in a way that they, they, they do bring in new players. I think playing Gallagher, bringing him in, keeps people like Mount, like Ford and like Bellingham on the toes. Mm. You know, it keeps them thinking, Gallagher's had a fantastic season. Have I done enough to justify my place here? Yeah. Um, so it is, I think the the core of it will be very much similar. I don't think there'll be much change to what we fielded at the Euros, but I think yeah. Gareth will approach it in the way that he'll bring in players like Gallagher, um, like Abraham, who maybe won't go, um, Cody, etc. They'll all come in gay just to keep players on the toes. And you never know, they might perform really well in those games and then actually stake a claim to, to be on that plane. But um, I think that's how we'll approach it. I think that's been what's been so good with Southgate. He's not afraid to throw someone in and upset someone. I mean, if you look at under Roy Hodgson, he took Jack, was it 2012 Euros or 2016? He took Jack Wilshire and he hadn't played a minute all season. Yeah, he took and he played that he last 45 minutes. Mm. He plays for Arsenal perfect. and he's and he's he's used to him. Southgate, I think he's the job Southgate's done is ridiculous. It's so, so good. It doesn't get spoken about enough mm. personally. And I, it wouldn't surprise me if he did throw in a Conor Gallagher or a Gwei or a Bowen. It wouldn't, but I just for me just try and keep the dynamics and the, the squad kind of similar to last year. Definitely. And Dan, I just wanted to ask you a quick question. Marcus Rashford, does he have any opportunity of making his way back into this England side or not? Yes or no? What do you think? Chance. No chance? Not a chance. He was on my six, Hamza. Mm. He was in my six. Um, it's, cra- it's crazy to think how he used to be one of our top strikers and our top young prospects all the way from 2016 when he broke into that Euro squad as well. And he was the only shining light against Iceland at the time as well. So... Now being a fringe player for England, barely getting a minute at the Euros last summer as well, barely getting a start. And only his, his main contribution was missing that penalty, which is really sad to really see from Marcus Rashford as well. But yeah, I think it just it, back point up, James, that if you're not, uh, if, you're not on, if you're not up to scratch, then people are going to come in and the chances of you getting your... I mean, you might go... You might hit the ground running. I mean, in our squad here, we've got Sancho. He might hit the ground running next year. Rashford. Yeah. Um, it's a different conversation, but I think Sancho has for the past couple months. I think Hamza will agree. I think when he has played, he's been kind of a shining light for United. So well, yeah, well, well, that form uh, continues. Yeah, that you think Maguire he's had a poor season and we're still taking him. So there's that argument that oh. yeah, that's what I was trying to get with Rashford. And is an England mainstay. He's been there for what the last six years as well. So does he have enough leeway to be like, oh yeah, I'll still make the squad or? because the talent is so vast in the attacking areas as well. Yeah. And it's not an area where you kind of depend on leadership and uh, controlling the game like you would a defender. It's, yeah, probably, I, it's probably not worth taking it because Grealish makes his position, Sancho I can take his position. I think for tournament football, for the attacking side of it, I think 
the, the players we're taking over Rashford are more likely to win you a game than Rashford is at the minute. Yeah. That's not saying Rashford's England's career is over. I think after the World Cup, we reevaluate and then we start to kind of breed him back in if he's if he yeah. if he's playing if his farm's on it. If his farm isn't there, I mean, it's down to Rashford. I just don't it's think down to Rashford. I don't think he gets in as that second centre forward, does he? No, not a chance. He's competing with Sterling, Abraham, Dancho, uh, Grealish, Sterling to go and play out Saka. wide. Yeah, Saka, and I just think yeah. Foden, like James said, he could be an attacking option as well. Yeah, I just think Foden, for me, Foden beats every single winger that we've got, other than maybe Sterling out on that wing. The first game that we played in the Euros against Croatia, where Foden was out wide, he maybe didn't have his best game, but in that first, I thought it was a number ten. No, he played out on the right-hand side. Uh, yeah, yeah it was Foden right think, against Scotland as well. Yeah. Sterling was left and Kane was striker. I, I really think that's probably... Because Guardiola's managed to breed him into a bit of a winger and then he can come inside, plays in that half-space type of role. And I think he's really good at it. And I think it really allows for our full-backs, if we want to play five at the back, I can imagine seeing Trent flying over that right-hand side of Foden and just causing tons Foden of... coming inside, yeah. On that side. I think it's, I think it's brilliant, but... It is, yeah, it's, as Dan was saying, um, there is such a wealth of, of options and it's it will be very, very exciting, whoever we field. And we can't wait until November as well. We'll probably have another one of these podcasts closer to the time as well to react to the team or see who's better in form as well. Looking forward to that. But I'm glad yep. we got that first initial thoughts of who should be in the World Cup squad because normally it would be around the time when we'd be recording it, when it would be announced at the end of the season as well. But... It is what it is in Qatar, well, in Qatar in November 2022, which will be good. But um, no, we'll, we'll wrap it up there. Dan, Harry and James, thank you very much for your time today, as always. We'll thank see you me. at the end of the summer back at, back at university. Good times ahead. Cheers, arms up. Thanks, nice. Harry. Thanks, Dan. Thanks, James. Everyone, thank you very much for listening. Take care and goodbye.